Come along with us as we discuss our heritage for our legacies. Welcome to our journey. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Michael. This is David. This is Keith. Well, it's been a while since we've done our podcast. Today is Sunday, January the 15th. Uh, we had lots going on, lots going on around here. <laughs> yes, you can say that. Um, my dad had surgery, cleaned out a stint, and added two more to him, and he's home doing fine. Uh, we had the Christmas Eve celebration. We had a big turnout for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have a video on the Facebook that shared. Which, yeah, a little which bit channel, of live. Which, uh, which Facebook farm. channel was that on? That was on the church channel, I believe. So I, I also shared a, a 12 Days of Christmas song that they did on the Bowen family page. Mm-hmm. So y'all can go out and listen to Shell. Yeah. You know, she had her five golden rings solo. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, we had Tyler's wedding. Tyler got married. Um, we also had Mr. Jim Odom's passing and funeral. Yeah. We had a great turnout feed Minette and David's family. Yep. We had a New Year celebration. With the dogs winning their fourth national championship. Two in a row. Second consecutive. Yeah. Go dogs. Go dogs. Well, we took the tent down this past week. Got to spend time with Jeff Holloway making tent riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, cousin Chris stopped in. Pierce helped us. Mm-hmm. Chris Leggett stopped by. Yep. Um, we also had a one-year birthday party for mm-hmm. mine and Dixie's youngest granddaughter, <laughs> Kinsley Franken, Franklin. Kinsley turned one. Well, and, and the church, that that building here turned into a, uh, well, a bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, yeah, that for was Mr. our. Jeff Holloway. Yes, that was our first time, right? Well, I, I thought that too, but I was informed that a youth group with Becky and Phil did use the facilities for an overnight stay. Okay. So it's not the first time altogether. First time in a while. But it's been a first time in, in quite some time, mm-hmm. um, and it, it worked out really well. Uh, we've had some, you know, he he he. he Asked us if we could get him a shower. He might yeah. stay for a he, couple of days. He needs a shower, too. Yeah. But, He's uh, a sweater. If you're wondering, Kinsley is Jarrett's daughter. Jarrett is mine and Dixie's second oldest. Second daughter. oldest. Or second youngest. He's the one in the middle. He's in the middle. He's second from the oldest. Oh, yeah, if you put them all together. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we put them all together. Yeah, that's the Brady Bunch. (laughs) Okay, we got it now. And uh, I've been going through some things with the company I work for closing. But it's in God's hands now and opening doors for me. And he's uh, 
pointing in the right direction. One way or the other, we we gonna get it all figured out. Yes. But uh, most recently, we had a dear close friend to our family, Michael Jeffers, complete his third round of chemo, and he's feeling great. And so great that we invited him to come on and talk with us. This is groundbreaking. Welcome, Michael Jeffers. To the podcast. Hello, Michael. Hey, guys. How y'all doing tonight? (laughs) Hey. How you like that? He found the button. (laughs) Uh Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've had... A lot of pressure on Michael, though, you know. He's the first guest outside, from outside the family. Outside the, the blood family. Blood. Yeah. blood. Family. Mm-hmm. But he's he's like a brother to us. That's right. And he is a brother in, mm-hmm. in our faith. That's right. Um, But, you know, I put some questions together, and I sent them over there to him about 30 minutes before <laughs> the show. And – uh. He sent me a text back, and he said, it's kind of uh, – I just read the questions, and uh, it, uh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Right. But his first response when I asked him if he wanted to come on the show was, um. um, And we hear that a lot on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I'd say I'm going to ask you, Michael Karen. We'll say Michael Karen and Michael Jeffers. Most of the time when we refer to Jeffers, it's Jeffers. Jeffers. That's just – Right. And that's cool. Even, you want to keep it that way. Even Brother Keith preaching today kept saying Jeffers. Jeffers. That's right. <laughs> that was funny. Um, but anyway, what, what's your first memory of Jeffers? First memory? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you remember? I remember shooting birds with him over at Chip and Julie. Chip. Or Chips back then. I, I think that was the first, I think, that. Our exposure to Jeffers was at, at Chip Griner's farm. I mm. mean, we knew him from school. Yeah. He was a little bit older than, than me. And But it was, no, my first one was the swing hole. Boy. See, now. Mm, That's way now back. Now we're touching on things. <laughs> um, it's all the same neighborhood. That's right. Yeah. Out across the field. He was I, hanging out with Don Dixon at the time. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. We needed some kind of music for that. We got that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, but yeah, that's. But that was when we were in high school, I guess. That's right. right. Yeah, at least we were early high school. He was probably close to a senior. We're good. Yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, hand signaling back and forth. So, Jeffers, what, what was your first memory of us? Now, there's a lot of stories that I'm going to ask for our mama's sake that we don't, we don't <laughs> touch on. Right. <laughs> the Lord saved us all. That's and right. And he was with us all even back then. But no doubt. For our mama's sake, we don't want to say all of it. Yes. <laughs> we'll touch on whatever you want to touch on and then yeah. go from there. But back in the day, what's your um, first memories? Playing softball, fishing, softball, uh, fishing. Um, some of my earliest memories of, of me and David hanging out, wading a little river, fishing, um, and pitching crickets. crickets. That's mm-hmm. right. So, 
Um, with Michael being a little bit younger than David, uh, I guess the softball day really was when me and you become close. Right. The gas monkeys. Gas monkeys and country boys. Country boys, Budweiser. Uh, yeah, all those different teams back when we were. Uncle Jackie's bait store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, right when we were still able to get around like that. That's right. Many moons ago. But, uh, yes, my, my closest memories and thoughts of, of all of y'all and even Keith being at this farm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fourth of July's. Yeah. Um, any of the festivities, uh, gatherings. Whole crowd was here, and I always, like you said, I always felt like I was wasn't blood, but I always felt like I was family. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I have to say, last Saturday after the funeral, I walked in the door in the front and walked in the social hall, and there stood Jeffers. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that's like he's supposed to be here. Yeah, that that was when I first saw him. At first, it didn't. I when I see him, I'm used to seeing him. Right? It, it didn't. And then it clicked. He he wasn't supposed to be here because he's going through cancer treatment, and I've never been through that. So I, you know, in your mind, you don't like. Is he supposed to be out and about? Because I'm afraid he's gonna get sick. You know, every yeah. time I see him, yeah. I'm like, man, I hope he don't get sick. But seeing him here, he he belonged here. Right. That that wasn't. <laughs> um, and and the funny thing about that is his son Walt. He walks around this farm like like he's a part of it. That's right. And always has from the time he was knee high to how old how old is Walt? Going to be twenty two in uh, thirteen days. Twenty two. Ah. Be fifty one, and he'll be twenty two. But Walt comes here, and I mean he he's a part of it too. He walks he, around like Jackson yeah. and Laney. That's and right, and and all, and that's what he's supposed to do. And he, I, I'm sure, I, you know, he has the same feelings that I do. I'm just comfortable here. At times I don't even ask; I just show up and hang out, just to kind of clear my head and thoughts. Sometimes good place to do it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A good place for me to get <laughs> every day. <laughs> Them orange buttons good over there. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. The blinking lights and the orange <laughs> buttons. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna tell a story on Jeffers just before we get into anything heavy. I, I that's just kind of what I do, Jeffers. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot from the hip. I'm gonna tell a story on him though, but. It was me and my net. We we went to a George Strait concert in Jacksonville, Florida. And we're in the nosebleed section of George Strait, right? I know how to get closer. I, I've worked it, but I was with my net on a date. So I was trying to be good behavior and stuff like that. So we're we're sitting up there and it's crowd you know, it's crowded. There's a pile of people there. George Strait for crying Sold out, out. Right? Sold out. All right. So I'm sitting up there at the very top. Might not have been the top row, but it was next to it. 
I'm looking down, and I see this guy in a cowboy hat. It's not unusual for somebody to have a cowboy hat on at George Strait, but I don't know. I guess from wearing one so long, you, you kind of recognize certain hats, certain people. I said, that looks like Michael Jeffers. And my net said, no way. There's no way you can pick him out. And I said, mm. <laughs> now I'm pretty sure that's him. Okay. Now, he walked to the front of George Strait. <laughs> Like he owned the Coliseum in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> like it was his living room, that George was his guest, and everybody else was there to witness what was going to happen. He walked up there, and he looked at him. He took his hat off, I'll never forget, and he held it up at George. <laughs> George acknowledged him, and, and Jeffers turned around and waved to everybody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see all of y'all. I'm going no, to go home. Nobody now. questioned me. From <laughs> no, the, from the top of that coliseum to the no, you just walked right stage. straight to the I just, stage. I, I was like, man. Well, that's that but brings it, up another memory. Yes, that I have. yes, <laughs> probably Atlanta Motor Speedway. No, no, <laughs> this was a different one. This was this was down at Jekyll Island. Oh, boy. Confederate Railroad. Oh, you remember what David was saying yeah, about. That's, you got to be <clears throat> careful on that one. Well, I had a I had a rebel flag. It was the Georgia flag. Yeah. The old Georgia flag at the time. And, and we flew it all the way down there on the back of my truck. <laughs> and then when we got down there, we run into Jeffers. He said, let me hold it. I'll get it signed. <laughs> <laughs> and he went to the front with it. And got it signed. And got it signed. Mm-hmm. Where's it at? Once I get over it, it was it, in it, the Tula Shack. It's still around the farm, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. somewhere hidden in the archives. I've got a bashful side, but once I get over right. it, I kind of right. warm up. So. Yes. Bashful. The, the good times that we've had, you know, we, mm. you know, it's, we've many, had some good ones. Many, many. Many. When I was rodeoing, he used to, he used to tag along. He was like my agent for yeah. a while. And <laughs> that was back was along the same time yeah. when we were going to races. Yep. You know, if we wasn't rodeoing, we were going to a racetrack. Um, we were going somewhere. somewhere. Concert, we were going somewhere. Every weekend. We were. Every weekend. Um, burning up the highways. Yep, keeping the roads <laughs> hot. We could afford gas. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody was affording it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We had to get sponsorship. Yeah, there, that's where Jeff Holloway entered the picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jeff filled us up with gas one time to get us home from Atlanta. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we is broke. One of those, one of those stories about getting places that I probably shouldn't have been was was at Atlanta Motor Speedway. It was in the and they were still racing in February, and it was cold as. Oh, get out. And we sit there. Three or four of us were sitting out there in the stands and uh, freezing our behinds off. And we your cousin, to- Chris Dixon, yeah. um, he was up in the Ford suite yeah. up there. Because I was waving, going back in two. Waving down at us. y'all drinks down from Yeah. The- I was like, sweet. I froze long enough, boys. I'm going to go see Chris. <laughs> you won't make it up there. <laughs> I did. He did. <laughs> Walked right on the elevator. Went right on up there. The guarded 
elevator. Mm-hmm. Questions asked. Yeah, we. I think we took each one. Me and Chris had passes. Had passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd take his pass right. and go down <laughs> right. and bring one back with me every time. Yeah. So we limitations. ended up with everybody up there yeah. <laughs> in the suite. Yeah. I didn't have one in badges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't need no sticky badges. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't have one. Yeah. Good times. No doubt. Um, um, well, I'm going to ask you something that you know, I, I ask all of our guests. Um, in this season or, you know, right now in this moment or a lifelong verse that you might, that might mean something to you that you might want to share with the folks. Well, you talk about the season, um. Do, do you want me to share the story, the, the whole story, that season I'm in right now? Or up to you, Michael, buddy. you share what you feel like you want to share, whatever you feel like God putting on your heart to share. Because we know that there is a, there's a season going on with you right now that I'm proud, you know, I'm proud that you're sitting here with us. Um, yes, and that's by the grace of God. Yep. There's no denying that, and there's uh, no other explanation for it. Um, season, uh, has been pretty rough. I was, um, diagnosed with, uh, Cancer in September. Been noticing limp load had come up on the side of my neck for quite some time. Just kind of brushed it off like it was a regular common cold or earache or something. But anyway, um, after several months of not going away and seemed like it was growing. Told my wife, I said, I need to go to the doctor. Get clean about. You need to get that checked out. So went and got it checked out. Wound up in Brunswick. Specialist and stuff. Uh, ear, nose, and throat doctor. He uh, got to checking on it. But he wanted to do some biopsies, but he wanted to. Uh, Whatever that scope is that they run in your nose and look down your throat. And uh, when he looked in there, he didn't look long. And his uh, without a lab report on it, you know, I can't tell you 100%. He said, but probably 95% sure that that tonsil can't. And uh, kind of bricks hitting you. Yeah. Only a minute. Mm-hmm. Fifty years old, you know, you don't expect 
Anything like that. I think you're going to live forever. I don't think you're going to be sick. Uh, kind of disheartening. So I started praying immediately. Lord would take care of me through whatever, you know, beginning of my journey. They all use like, terminology for going through cancer is starting your journey. So I had officially started my journey. So we done a biopsy and it come back that it was um, cancer, tonsil cancer that had um, metastasized, I guess is what they call it, when it moves into lymph nodes in your neck. Started doing all their scans and stuff. Come find out, uh, in a PET scan of my from my head down to my feet, and it had spread to a couple of lymph nodes in my lungs. So that was like uh, the second ton of bricks falling. Um, I didn't know really what that meant. I looked at the ENT doctor and I said, what, you know, would it be in there? And I said, that, that's pretty much it, huh? And he said, no, it's treatable and we're going to um, start immediately. He said, I, you know, back in touch with your surgeon. Put a port in, start chemotherapy immediately. What we did. Now we're, uh, uh, at what point? What point in that did you come out to the farm and ride around, run into David here? I told David before before any of my immediate family knew about it. The but reason I, the reason I'm asking that I, is, I, is because that's how close that. We consider you, and you consider us exactly. As it's, it's well, that's, like a brother thing. Um, yeah. I didn't even know he was here. I just come to the farm. Like I said earlier, this has been a, a refuge. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, for different things, clear your head, get your mind right, cool off sometimes. Um, but uh, come to the farm and. And David was here. Like I said I, I hadn't hadn't told any of my immediate family, but I knew what was. My, my mom's in the. He's a nurse. Um, but other family members that's going through situations like this, and 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 know a little bit about. I don't claim to be a doctor or anything, but. Know a little bit about the medical field and had done some research on my own on it and kind of knew what was going on. Um, so I come up with David right here and I, yeah, I had to tell him. I had to tell somebody. Um, I had to get it off my chest that I hadn't had any diagnosis at the time. 
everybody that I was talking to that was leading me down that road to that diagnosis pointing in that direction. So he uh he immediately called you and Keith over here. Lay hands on me and pray. Felt that immediately. <laughs> Felt the healing start. Presence of the Lord. Standing out in the field. <laughs> Not even at the church here. On this property. Farm. But moving forward. Um, after I had my first treatment. First chemo treatment. Um, it, ask them. You know. I, I worked up. Until the. The morning of, I worked third shift. I worked up to the morning of that first treatment. Got off work. My wife took me down to Brunswick. They hooked me up. I run for like eight hours on chemo in a chair. Get done with that, they hooked me up to a pump that I bring home with me for five days afterwards. Chemo. Pretty powerful stuff. They uh, told me I'd probably be able to work through the first two, possibly three treatments, but obviously they didn't know what kind of work I'd done. Because after the first one, um, I felt like I'd been run over by a truck. And it circled back around and made sure it finished me off. Flat on my back for about 10 days. Needed Needed round the clock here. Somebody there for me. Um, so went on into this season. Um, after that first treatment, my wife, I, for whatever reason, um, decided that she didn't want to be there for that battle anymore. You know, and I, I don't know what caused that, but. Anyway, I harbored some pretty good uh, heartache, misery. Um, Lord, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? And I began to pray, and I prayed for me a lot. Felt the presence of the Lord, but I knew that He was, you know, I, I knew He was healing me and He was touching me, but just like my prayers were going up, hitting the ceiling and coming back down. I mean, I just, I didn't feel it. You know? I, uh, after she left, uh, my sister moved in, or not moved in, but came in and started taking him in my treatments, coming to my house and being after me. Um, be my caregiver, my hero. We give a shout out to Stephanie. Yeah, no doubt. I couldn't have done it without her. Um, now we're um, we're three treatments in. I done. I had my third treatment on Wednesday. Still battling with with heartache and 
angry. She's really, really mad at situation. Somebody, somebody do that to you. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of hatred there and yeah. some anger. And I mean, talking back and too with you, you know, we went riding a few times and yeah, yeah, just trying to piece everything together. And at what point, what what was it that that come to you that kind of give you a a shift in third treatment um, Wednesday, just past Wednesday. Um, like I say, I go down here for eight hours. I'm hooked up. Um, administer chemo all day long. And I have a lot of time to, to reflect and, and, and pray and gather my thoughts. It was like praying and praying and praying and, this, you know, be your will, you know, kill me and all this stuff. Kept in the back of my mind that got to, um, You got to, to take this, the, the selfishness out of your prayer. About. You know, that's easy for, for somebody that's completely healthy to say right. that, you know, we need to turn it all over to the Lord. But, you know, you're going through two, two battles, two really big battles. I, I mean, so it's it's natural to be to be angry. It's natural to to do all of those things, but bringing it to the Lord that that's the only thing that saved my life. There's a time or two that I had done tied a knot in the end of my rope and then was hanging on. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, sitting there at treatment, um, and it just you know the, the First, come to me about um, pray one for another. So, started praying for everybody in that treatment room. There's probably ten head in there with me, and doctor's office is um, one side is is visit rooms that you go in and you consult with the doctor. The other side is business. That's where the treatment goes on. And, you don't come in there for nothing but treatment. Right. So, um, after I'm praying for these other folks that's sitting in there with me, um, the doctor, the oncologist, come in putting this little baby. A young mama. Don't know because they went behind me, and I never did really. Really got into my prayers after when they walked by me. I, you know, it really made me think my situation as bad as it is could be worse. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I poured the coal to it. <laughs> I, I went to pray, and man, I was like, Lord, mother or or baby, whichever it is, 
touch them and be with them. And kept praying for all the folks in there, you know. I just I took the focus off of me. Lord, you know, hey, some of these folks need you way more than I do. And all of a sudden, I felt his presence. Ooh. Walk into that treatment room. And I looked up, and I could see him walk up to each one of those people laying, sitting in them chairs. And he put, their, put his hand on their shoulder. Mm. And and well, Michael asked that question of Jeffers earlier about when he came to the farm. The thought in my mind runs, and and it's easy for us to look at Michael and say, "Hey, man, we're praying for you." Jeffers, I'm sorry, we're praying for you. And what I hope happened was. That he he realized we meant it because what he's saying and and when we saw him Thursday it, it came up in conversation was when I stopped thinking about me and my situation and I started praying for these other people in their situations there was a change. There was well, a shift. Definitely. There was a shift, but but what we need to be encouraging of other people is for them to know that they ain't got to pray for themselves. We're praying for them. That's right. Right. I mean, and it don't matter what the situation is. It don't need to have to get to a a, a diagnosis. We need to be here when hey, my dog, you know, and and I'm saying that, but seriously, I mean. It needs to be part of our daily walk to where we're available. Like, you know, I'm usually late, slow, whatever. But that day, Michael and David showed up at the farm, and then Jeffers is there, and David calls me. Hey, how quick can you get to the farm? I can be there in about two minutes. Well, I was there in about 70 seconds. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, it. I didn't know what I was showing up to. Yeah, no names. No, no nothing. nothing. Yeah, we, didn't just, ha- we didn't have a clue what we were showing up to, but we were showing up. And that's what we got to be prepared for. Right. That's right. Yep. But the shift. The shift is. When you shifted your prayers to somebody to else. Somebody else. It really. Um, he opened not only eyes. Not only did he. Um, say he. Walked by and put his hand on the shoulder of everybody in that room. And he come back by. He wrapped me in his arms. <laughs> he said, I'm going to take this from you. And when I'm gone, it's gone. Oh. So we're believing right now Lord. that you are healed. That's right. Yes, in Jesus' name, I'm healed. Yes. Um, uh, that come from the Master Himself. That's right. I mean, there, there's no mistaking 
it couldn't have been anything else but that. Um, the way it moved me, the hair stood up on the back of my neck. Um, I broke down. The nurse come by and wanted to know if, if I was all right. And <laughs> I said, I'm better than I deserve. I said, I'm okay. I'm fine. Um, then, you know, I mean, that, that cleared up a lot of what I had going on in my mind about about the cancer side of it. And the feeling about the prayers, it was kind of feeling and coming back down. You asked me about a verse, Michael. I did. Got one that had to. Uh, we've already discussed these these two battles that I'm fighting here. Um, good Lord had already taken care of the one cancer battle. Um, I feel like it's one. Um, other battle with my anger issues and my hurt issues. I, uh, I shared something with you Thursday morning. Yes. At 6.50 a.m. Yes. Because I knew you had went through the treatment. Right. And the first thing that I sent to you was Matthew 5, 43 through 47. Yes. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute. This is me sending that to him. Yeah. And the next day, not knowing. Yeah. The next day, the daily Bible verse that I get on my Bible app on my phone. That was it. Was it. <laughs> I mean, you can't make that up. No. Um, no. If if that's not confirmation, yeah, of, of what I'm telling you, yeah. I mean, and and that was what I the next thing I shared with him after he confirmed. You know, that's what he was because I doing. you know the whole um he's talking do, to me through him. Do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and the rain on just and on the unjust. Um, I read that over and over, and uh, I prayed for these folks. That men hurt me and tried to persecute me. And, um, Deliver them, Lord. Um, I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them go to hell. Mm -mm. Um, no, no matter how bad they hurt me. Um, and as soon as I got done with that, um, all that just kind of took off and left. Um, I think it was the next morning. Was that the tent mm -hmm. taken down? Um, well, we were so excited about sharing what right. what was happened between me and you that morning yeah. that we forgot to call David and Keith and invite them to breakfast. Yeah. Right. I mean, we was I wasn't going to bring that up, but Well, I mean, I had to cuz it, um, it was we was in the moment. Yeah, yeah we had to get together and share that because <laughs> it was it was hot off the press and uh, and oh, Jeff man. got to sit through all of it and and got his own <laughs> lesson from Jeffrey that morning. Too. I think 
I think yeah. everybody I talked to that was here, everybody that was mentioned, um, I, I mentioned it to them. I think even um, Chris, Chris Leggett, when he was here, um, he got a touch from it. It's not yeah. an accident that we're all off work on that day. You right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That The message for, is for everybody. It, it, no doubt. You're living it. You're going through it right now. But it's even for people listening that that will listen to this. Right. Uh, yeah. All 17 of our fans. Right. All, all 12. And okay. He's a, hey, if it touches one of them. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's, 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 all that's that, the way we look at it, buddy. That's all that matters. And if, if I can use this journey to reach somebody, um, to save a soul, right. it's worth it. That's right. You wonder why I'm laughing, and it's and it goes back to what me, David, and Keith have been talking about in the past. It is a journey, and it's not just our journey. We can touch people with other people's journeys. You know, that's what this broadcast is all about. Um, you know, we want to lead people to the Lord. Uh, show them, show them what He's done for us, and we all go through battles. We all will go through more battles. Yes, uh, daily. But he's got it. That's right, and that's what you got to keep. Uh, that's what you got to keep in your heart and your mind is that the Lord's got it. He's got it. He's he knows before. I mean, before we ever fathom, he's got it under control. And once, I think once you get your mind wrapped around. Asked, already taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we're just we're just here moving through. For sure. Yeah. I I haven't had a smile on my face in a while. I don't know now. The other night when we was riding, going through the mud puddles. Well, yeah. Now we did go <laughs> do a little off roading, and uh. Oh, that did. Oh, we got to blank that out so Dixie can't hear it. No, Dixie. But, uh, and, and Thursday. There was a car I, wash involved in that day. I didn't know um, all the details. I showed up late. I, you know, but I said to Jeffers, I said, you know, when you get your mind where God's wanting it to be, the physical things change. I didn't know. And and I didn't know that he was told, well, you should be able to work through the first two treatments and the first two knocked him down. And then by the third one, you might have to take off work. Well, that's what he was being told. That's what he was expecting. And so Wednesday when he had the treatment and all this happened, Thursday he shows up at the farm. Yeah, not knocked down. Not knocked down. In good spirits. Yeah. And, I mean, and the smile on his face. Yeah. When I said that to him, he just kind of snickered, laughed, and smiled at me real big and said, you know, that's what I got yesterday. What did he get? He got that realization during the treatment. That's right. When he could have been sitting there going, oh, this treatment's going, I mean, I got to go through eight hours of this. And he could have been focused on the results of the physical. I'm four days out right now from that treatment, and uh, I haven't had to stay at the house one day this in these four days. I've been up moving <laughs> to the new residence. So, 
going back to the the treatment day yeah you're uh so you, you had a visit from the spirit yes the holy spirit was in the room no doubt you shared with me what the doctor told you what did the doctor tell you remember that we had it in, under control that's right yeah and, and that, that was after that was after yeah um that, <laughs> um, I asked him. You know, there there had been you know with the cancer. Doctor told me from from day one that any oncologist, the cancer doctors, told you that they could cure you that you needed to run from them. Because they can't guarantee that. That that puts that thought in your mind. Okay. So, how long have I got? You know, I mean, I want to see you, grandchildren, children grow up and get married and finish school and become something. You want to see your grandkids? So, that's the doctor. I said, okay. Um, you know, you told me about the no cure, whatever, guarantee, but, um, what do you, what's the prognosis? And he says, uh, 50 years old, strong, handling these treatments um, like a champ. He said, because I'm giving you the strongest stuff I got. The only reason you're not getting chemo and radiation at the same time is because your body couldn't handle it. Strength of the chemo that you're getting now. He said, but it is working. And I plan on, no, he, he ain't got much control in it. He's, he treats me. Good Lord's the one that's going to heal me. That's right. Um, but his words were that he was going to keep me alive for years. Years. Yeah. Uh, confirmation again. Not that I needed it after, right. after what the touch I'd already had. I mean, my sister said when, she pulled up out front of the treatment building to get me. Usually she has to come and open the door and help me get in and all that. She said I looked like I was about two foot off the ground <laughs> when I um, come out of the elevator and come, come out that door. I ain't never seen you come out here with a smile on your face. I said, well, <laughs> I, I ain't had the experience uh, at the treatment place uh, that I had today. Right. And uh, I told her about it. And it was uh, Pretty interesting conversation on the way back from, from Brunswick because, uh, you know, once once you get that touch, you got to spread it around, and when you see somebody else get it, uh, it makes it it makes it that much better. But there ain't nothing like a car ride because you got a captive audience. Yeah, yeah, they can't get out. <laughs> get out, especially but, when they drive it. Yeah, <laughs> but it just. The, the more I think about it, the more um, I want to share it, you know. I mean, what kind of experience that was. Mm-hmm. There's, been a, there's been a lot of that going on with touches and visions and dreams. And I believe he is really, really close. 
closer than he's been in a long time to our our realm, I guess you would say. That's that makes me excited. Um, he's preparing us. He's going to use people like Jeffers, like me, like David, like Keith. We all come from different backgrounds, different paths. He sent us down different paths for reasons to make us stronger, to be able to communicate with people that we've come across in the past so we can touch or help them realize what he's about to do. Funny you say that. Um, You text me about 45 minutes notice on this yeah. podcast and I was about 46 minutes out of town <laughs> um, so I had to reflect on the way um, and that was that was one of the first things that crossed my mind was the paths that we've been down and the reason for them. yeah um, you know, some folks get it from 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 the beginning, and, and they don't never have to go down that that wrong road, you know. And I mean, and I've always looked at those folks and and been like, "Well, why couldn't why couldn't it have been that easy for me?" We had to be strengthened a different way. Um, no doubt. Um, when you when your head's hard as iron, yeah. Um, it takes a different type of heat, right? Um, to to shape it and well, form it. And look at it like this. Maybe he had to use us as examples to help prove to the others. May have. <laughs> um, and he's going to tell us about it one day. We're yeah. going to stand up there in the streets of glory. and uh, You see what I did for him. And we're going to get some stories, you know. I mean, it, I'm looking forward to that one day. Can you imagine those stories? That, yeah. You see what you would have done if you went down this path. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, David, you got any stories? Mm. Yeah. Mm. I know you do. Yeah. Filter. It's a filter. <laughs> ain't ain't all bad, David. No, it's it, it's really not. Um I'm looking back at it now, there's so many of those wild and crazy guys that we used to hang with that have turned their life over to the Lord. Um, it's always it's always funny to me how many pastors at one time were were right there with us. Yeah. And and I'm tickled. It tickles me to see, you know, what God's doing in, in everybody's life. Um and it should give hope to people that are lost. There's one thing about it, Michael, is as bad as it is, you knew who to turn to. You you knew to turn to Jesus. That's right. There's so many out there that don't. And that that's what hurts my heart. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine going through what you're going through today. But I sure couldn't imagine going through it without Jesus. And there's so many in this world that are lost that don't they don't know his goodness 
Well, David, I was I was as fortunate as y'all were. <clears throat> Have a couple set of grandparents that uh, instilled that stuff in me at, at an early age. That uh, when I did get lost, that I could uh, go back to that, you know, and reflect on on the things that. That they taught me, you know, being in church at an early age, give me somewhere to uh, to get back to. Definitely, it was. It was. They they had put a, I guess in today's terms, they they had put a pin. The mark. Yeah, they put a dropped a pin. Dropped on a pin on it, <laughs> so I would know where to um, where to yeah. get back to. That's right. I laugh about that because he was talking to Jeff the other day on the phone when we were sitting up there at Miss Maddie's. Jeff dropped him a pen. I said, I told Jeff, I said, you know what you just did? He said, yeah, I dropped him a pen so you know where we was at. I said, he's probably looking on the floorboard trying to find the pen that you just <laughs> said you dropped. <laughs> Jeffrey says, let me talk to somebody from Blackshear. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just tell me where you're at. What road? Hey. Jeff is from up north, you know. Yeah, he's. He, I don't know how to describe other than above Macon is Atlanta. That's right. He's in Atlanta. And he's a northerner. Northerner. He's Still love him. Considered a Yankee to us. <laughs> yeah. He grew up on the north side of Macon. Now he lives in Yeah. But so we're driving up Friday evening and it was about eight thirty. And I texted Jeff. I'd already told him my plans were to go to my mother in law's for her birthday. And so I texted him about the time I go through for Scythe and I tell him hey we're headed through. Y'all gonna stop by? <laughs> he just left. I said, I said well, uh, you know, Elizabeth's got a headache and, and her stomach's bothering her. I don't know which one's causing which, and it really don't matter. I'm just trying to get her to her mama's house. Well, we got a fire going. <laughs> I, I can't do it this time. So I said, uh, he told me thanks again for being able to stay here. Give me a call when you head back. I said, I ain't doing that to you neither because I'm heading back at about 5 o'clock Sunday morning. I'd have called him. <laughs> yeah, Jeffers would have called him. But the funny, the funny thing I think about that is that, you know, he, he shows up. And the whole reason why he stayed here, he, he texted me, called me, and said he had his dog with him. Well, he, he's got him a new blue healer. And, and that went – when we started asking him about it, he preached us a story from naming the dog. Yeah. Something and, that touched him. You know, it, it was early, right after he got saved, a lady in the church called him up and said, hey, I need you to come out here. He goes out there, and uh, she said, I need you to clean this building out. Her husband had passed away. And he said, okay. Basically, what do I owe you? 
He said it was tools. It was tools. And he said, I, I got to go get some of my guys. She goes, no, I want this room cleaned out now. And she was adamant about it. He finally called his brother-in-law up and said, hey, I need you to come with another trailer. Well, what are we doing? I don't know yet what it's going to cost us or anything, but I need you to get here. He said he cleaned it out, and the lady said, if you'll give me $100, we'll call it even. He said, I had enough tools that she could have lived off of what she could have sold them for for a while. He said, but that spoke something to me, and it had so much impact on him. That thought ran through, and he named a dog that. Well, you say, well, he named a dog after an old lady. Well, no. He named the dog because it gives him the opportunity to tell the story yeah, right. and share that with people. And it spoke something to me. I mean, God had enough thought about him that he sent this widow to provide for his welfare. And years later, can tell a story. he's telling the story about it. Was that Doris Jean? Dolores. I called her Dolores. <laughs> I think it's I think it's Doris Jean, but yeah. Doris. Doris. <laughs> All the same. Yeah. We love you, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Well, where are we at? Fifty-eight fourteen. We've been talking for an hour. Um. Okay. Y'all ready to wrap it up? Wrap it up. Dear Lord, we just thank you for your providence, for your guidance in our journey. We thank you for putting us on the paths and having people that'll be there for us as we navigate. I just pray that you continue to um, show us who we can help down their journey. And ultimately, you get the glory for it. I just thank you for these guys here um, that we are able to get together and share. And really that you get all the glory. And we just pray that uh, if, if, if it's one person, that they have hope through these stories. And we just ask you to to be with us and be with all those listening. In your son's name, amen.